Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright brand bacon. That's called Wright brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, it's great to be back on this Monday. Gang's all here, ready to go. Thanks for joining us. Dan and the Dan at Dan Patrick Show, as we do every Monday. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. You can dial us up. You can email. You can tweet. You can watch. You can do all the above. We say good morning to those watching on Peacock, our streaming partner. Download the app. Watch for free. We say hello to iHeartRadio. Premier Radio, Fox Sports Radio, and the other affiliates around the country. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that forthcoming. The uh, former coach, now analyst for the mothership, Jeff Van Gundy, in a couple of minutes. Peter King, NBC Sports, uh, he will join us a little bit later on. Peter hinting, maybe the Jags do something interesting, maybe a surprise at the number one overall pick. We'll talk about that coming up in a moment. Here are the uh, details, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle, at show. Seton will provide us with a poll question, and uh, your input is always welcome. Pelicans, Suns, tied at two games apiece. Bucks, Nuggets, and Heat all win. Tonight, Celtics, Nets, Raptors, 76ers, Jazz, and the Mavericks. We'll talk about that with uh, Jeff Van Gundy here in a moment. We start draft week. Now, normally during draft week, as we get ready on that Monday, we go, boy, this is going to be interesting because we're going to go, uh, who's going number one? Who's going number two? Any trades? What's going to happen here? 
You know, you always have those moments where you go, well, I didn't see that one coming. So when you say, or I'm going to say, or I've thought, I don't know how much buzz there is with this draft. And because we don't have the marquee quarterbacks. We don't even have, well, we had a lot of wide receivers. You don't even have that edge rusher that you go, boy, he's going to be great. This is one of those drafts where you go, yeah, all right, we got a couple of wide receivers. You got some offensive linemen. You got a great defensive back or two. Not a lot of headline-making moments here. We don't have that Trevor Lawrence player in this draft. That doesn't mean something wild won't happen. After all, the draft's in Vegas. Who knows? You could say, (laughs) and uh, such and such selects such and such. Is he here? Is he here? It is Vegas. But uh, you go into the week and you go, okay, what are the possibilities here? Because there'll be a team where you go, oh, boy. Like the Niners with Trey Lance. Wow, didn't see that one coming. Or will the Falcons take a quarterback? Denver didn't take a quarterback. That means that they're going to be taking Aaron Rodgers. They're going to trade him. Patriots, Bill Belichick. Oh, he found his Tom Brady. His Tom Brady, Mac Jones. There's always something there. And it'll be the same this year. Guaranteed. And it might be a player that you're not that familiar with. It might be a backstory you're not familiar with. It might be a team that reaches, a team that, you know, all of a sudden has somebody fall right into their laps. There could be a trade. Do the Steelers take Kenny Pickett? Do they take Malik Willis? By the way, and I've said this over the years, but, you know, we still buy into it. Nobody tells you the truth. No one. Why would they? Unless they want to give you information. You know what? The the culprits are the agents. Because the agents will go, uh, hey, you... uh, you want some information? I'm hearing this. That's why I don't trust the agents. You know, I, I do have some sources. Uh, you know, I have a, a, you know, a source who's a scout who said, hey, this is what I'm hearing with Jacksonville at the top. Uh, you know, they're going to go with the guy who's either the safe pick in Hutchinson out of Michigan or uh, Trayvon Walker, the uh, edge rusher, defensive player out of uh, Georgia, who has a higher ceiling. That That's what I'm hearing. Um And plus, he went through all the particulars with these players, being able to talk to them or examine them or watch their workouts. So I trust his information. He's also the one that told me that uh, the Cleveland Browns were going to take Baker Mayfield, a story that we had before anybody else did. Um, But a lot of people have agendas, and a lot of people want to give you information, but they want to help out their client. I'll go back to when I uh, was hosting the NBA draft on the mothership, and I had an agent come up to me and said, are you going to address uh, the uh, knee injuries? Who was the kid out of Washington State drafted by Portland? Brandon Roy. Yeah. Uh, so he says, uh, you're gonna, you guys going to uh, talk about the knees? And I said, well, I'll leave that to my analyst. You know. But uh, he goes, yeah. I mean, he won't stay in the league that long. Got bad knees. So then you, know, you start asking your analyst there, said, hey, how is Brandon Roy? You know. He could be rookie of the year, uh, one of my analysts said. I said, does he have, you know, knee issues? Yeah, but I don't uh, don't know the severity of it. I said, well, I just had somebody who said, hey, you know, he's got like a degenerative knee in, you know, issue. And I was told you're going to get a lot of that from agents or people close to agents, sources close to. So it's a game that's played. And I, I've been used before. 
where somebody will tell you something and you go, no, no, I got it on a good, good, you know, good uh, authority. And then you realize, ooh, I think I got played. And uh, having been at the mothership for 18 years, I saw that happen to our analysts, you know, even as great as like Peter Gammons. I remember he was given information about the next head coach, I think, for Tampa Bay. And it turned out that it wasn't true. But, you know, somebody was trying to help their client. I mean, it's, it's a game. And that's why you get a little closer, maybe, you know, Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday. Then you start to hear a little bit more information. Then it starts to get a little bit more serious. But all this stuff leading up to it, all these mock drafts, all of that stuff, that's for entertainment purposes only. And what I've found is it does introduce you to certain players that you might not be you know, aware of. Like Sauce Gardner, I was told by a scout, that guy's a top five pick. And I even talked to you know my, my source yesterday, and uh, I said, is Sauce Gardner still going to be a top five pick? He goes, he could be the best player in the draft. Cincinnati defensive back. And he, but my source said, the best player doesn't always go number one. Keep that in mind. Because a lot of times, there'll be somebody who's better or have a longer career or more of an impact, but quarterbacks are normally taken. How many times in the last 20 years have we had a draft where we didn't have a quarterback taken number one overall? Because I can remember Jadavion Clowney, Eric Fisher, Oh, good call out of Central Michigan. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Well, it wasn't a good call by the uh, Chiefs. <laughs> well, he, he was a nice player for them. He but, was, but, but we never say he was a bust. I, I think he made a pro bowl or two. Mm-hmm. I, he had a nice career there. Okay. He was not number one pick all-timer. Okay. And Jadavion Clowney, to me, has never lived up to the tackle he made in the Outback Bowl. Although he has made three pro bowls. Yeah, three. So he's not, he's not the impact player. That you know, we thought he was going to be. Yes, Paul. 2008, Jake Long, tackle Ooh, out of Michigan, Michigan. from Miami. Mm. Four Pro Bowls, nice career. Uh, I got DeMar, uh, Mario Williams, defensive out of North Carolina State, went to the Houston Texans. That was the big debate between Reggie Bush and Mario Williams. Signability. Yes. And then all of a sudden, like we can't sign Reggie Bush, and the Buffalo Bills take Mario Williams. <laughs> You're going, signability. Yeah, Paul. Then Miles Garrett, 2017 out of Texas A&M. He's yeah. you know first team All Pro. He's yeah, he's he's a great player. But I, you're going to have that this year, where you know, do you take the safe pick? Do you take Aiden Hutchinson? Do you take Trayvon Walker? That's going to be, or is there a surprise? As Peter King has pointed out in his uh, Monday Morning Quarterback column. All right, we'll get your phone calls coming up. Seaton, what kind of poll question do you have for me? Uh, well, we could go with one that's semi-NFL draft related, right. and that where will Debo end up? See, that to me is going to be the big storyline here. There's two storylines that I'm looking at. This broke last week when we are on vacation, and Debo's probably looking around going, uh, did you see what Tyree Kill got? Did you see what DeMonte Adams got? Um, I'm every bit what those players are. And more, he's more valuable to his team, the Niners, than Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams were to their teams. And certainly, I, I would rank it as Debo and then Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. What Debo did is basically move the chains. Like, what do you need me to do? Because I got a quarterback who, I know, all he does is win, but I got to run the ball and catch the ball, and I got to do everything here. Yeah, see. But if you look at it's been a crazy year for the 49ers, right? Because if you go back to the last draft where, no, they were getting Mac Jones at number three. 
Yeah, it's true. They were getting Mac yeah. at number three, and then, oh, no, wait, we got Trey, and now is Trey going to start over Jimmy? When are we trading Jimmy? Is Jimmy even going to be on the roster in 22? From what I was told, there's not a trade market for Jimmy Garoppolo. And now Debo wants out. And Debo wants out. <laughs> Would money solve all of this, though? That's what I'm curious. Because if I'm Trey Lance, I got to be, you know, saying to management, man, I, I really need Debo in here if I going to be taking over starting quarterback here. Um, so that is one storyline. The other one's Baker Mayfield. And I'll go with my source who said uh, Baker Mayfield, he thinks, after the first round is when you might see Baker Mayfield traded. Teams, if they get their quarterback, how many quarterbacks are taken? You know, I'm hearing Sam Howell at North Carolina is a and, – and Matt, Matt Corral, as we talked about – I think Kenny Pickett is probably a second-round talent. I think all these quarterbacks in a normal draft are second-round talents. But there's no quarterbacks. So somebody's got to be the first quarterback off the board. And I think Baker Mayfield probably gets traded after the first round. Once teams, maybe second round. But, you know, when you have that day, you know, the rest of the night to figure things out, and you go, all right, well, who who are we taking? Well, we missed out on him. All right, why don't you see if uh, we'll give him a fourth-round draft pick for, uh, if I'm Seattle, if you miss out on a quarterback, if you're, you're looking for one. All right, give him a fourth-round pick and uh, you know, see if they'll split his salary with us or something. Yeah, Paul. How about Thursday night after the first round completes? We have the guys nobody wants draft. We have a one-round draft, and Baker Mayfield could go, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo could go, mm-hmm. and you have to like, give up like, a, a fixed price and you get a fixed contract. That's good TV. Yeah, I think Baker's going to have to wait. And, uh, and, and look, I know this is a uh, clickbait when it comes to Baker Mayfield. And uh, it'll stay that way because the mothership and uh, NFL Network, they'll milk it for all it's worth because we're going to find out where Baker... You know, nobody wants Baker Mayfield, it feels like, but everybody wants to talk about Baker Mayfield. Debo Samuel, where's he going to end up? you got to trade for him and then you got to pay him? That's one of those crazy ones. Like if you're Green Bay... Do you end up paying what you would have paid Devontae Adams, but then you're going to have to give up a couple of first-round picks or whatever you're going to give up for Debo Samuel? That's how crazy it could turn out. But wide receivers are going to be front and center. But uh, I'm going to guess that uh, you know first pick and the Jacksonville Jaguars take Trayvon Walker. And you go, okay. And then the Lions will be on the clock. Will the Lions take Malik Will? Would they go that early on a quarter? Like, these are the things. This is how you play it up. You know, you got to add to the suspense there. What other poll questions do we have today, Seton? Well, just this is a totally random thought that I'm seeing just off of uh, Twitter. It has nothing to do with a poll question. But isn't it crazy how comfortable we are? Kyle Kuzma tweeted this. I know we're numb to a lot of things, but in this society, a seven-foot center just cashed a three to win a playoff game. It's crazy how many super tall, you know, what formerly would have been big men are such great outside shooters and that it's just not even a thought anymore. It's the Dirk Nowitzki effect. Yeah. When you think about 20 years later, Dirk Nowitzki. But also, if you look at how players are developed in Europe, they're developed to be either, you know, your ball handling skills as a seven-footer or if you're a six-footer. They, they want you to have the fundamentals to, and to be able to shoot, to be able to have great form, be able to shoot free throws. Like they, These are all important things for those players and I think you're starting to see the trickle down of, you know, Joe Embiid can hit a jumper. Carl Anthony Towns can shoot outside. Um, you know, 
The Joker can. There's so many of them that can, but you're right. Um, it's commonplace now where you go, man, all right, seven-footer on the perimeter. Who would have thought? Yes, Seton. Uh, we could go with uh, basically off of our next guest, maybe a little better question for him. Which team down 3-1 and one is most likely to pull off a comeback? So you have Atlanta right now. They're down 3-1 to the Heat. Denver's down to the Warriors. Toronto down uh, to the Sixers. And then Bulls down 3-1 to mm. Milwaukee. Any mm. of them coming back? Well, New Orleans is the is the one series that I'm curious about because it's tied to two games apiece. The Devin Booker situation. Could Zion Williamson play? Right? Because we keep saying, well, where's Zion? He should be playing. He's dunking and the whole thing. Okay, Ben Simmons. Then we're going, no, you can't have him play. Like, aren't they sort of the same? That you're saying to Ben Simmons, he's been 10, 10 days pain-free. Shouldn't he play? Zion Williamson, put him in there. Let's bring him back. Yes, he... But if you had those guys play, aren't you sort of setting them up for failure? Uh, yeah. I, I get that there's some upside to it, but... We'll talk about that. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Brooklyn Nets spent big money to acquire stars like Katie and Kyrie, Ben Simmons over the last couple of years. All that star power has or at least it did make the Nets a favorite to win the title. And we've seen a lot of teams become championship contenders after acquiring multiple superstars. I mean, look at the Lakers. You know, look at what the L.A. Rams did. You know, the Nets' first-round matchup with the Celtics is there's, you know, this building a roster. Celtics are all homegrown, if you look at it. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, all drafted by Boston. You know, you have the Nets trying to... Throw in Kyrie with KD, and it's not working. But uh, give credit. What will get lost in this is how great Boston has been this year and certainly playing defense. This program brought to you by the great folks at Mercedes. Groundbreaking runs in the family. Safety runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. 2022 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. We make the way. Make way for the uh, great analyst from the mothership, Jeff Van Gundy. Former head coach, he was on the call Celtics-Nets games one and three and joins us now. What's the big difference in uh, the Celtics and Nets and why the Celtics are up in a commanding uh, fashion? Well, I thought actually uh, Brooklyn played an outstanding first two games. Uh, On the road, they gave themselves chances to win in both games. They shot the ball better than 50% in both games uh, against a great Celtics defense. So, I really liked the way they played the first two games. It was game three. It was the turnovers combined with uh, Durant uh, obviously not playing or Irving playing particularly well. And the other guys, the complimentary players around them other than Bruce Brown didn't have good nights either. So it was a bad night all, all the way around and one they could ill afford. Would you sign up Kyrie for a long-term contract if you're the Nets? Well, it's tough choices now, you know, because right now their depth has been compromised. Uh, Joe Harris has been out most of the year. So very uh, good for them from a shooting standpoint, good rebounder, and he's got stability to him. And then, you know, Ben Simmons, if you're going to say you're going to trade Harden 
And in this one year, what you're going to get back for Harden is Seth Curry, who's hobbled, and Andre Drummond. That's a lose from a talent standpoint, too. So I think you have to look at your roster in totality. Uh, I know this because guys don't play as much now, uh, either minutes in the game or over the course of the season. You have to have quality depth. And that's what right now the Celtics have built. They built a strong uh, eight, nine-man rotation. And right now the the Nets don't have um, enough depth due to injury uh, to be able to put it together and make a championship run. Would you sign Kyrie long-term? I'd have to look at all those factors, O'Dan. I mean, I obviously he's had durability issues for many different reasons. And my team has had durability issues. You know, the talent is obviously uh, a unique offensive talent, the handle and all that shot making. He hasn't played very well uh, in the last couple games here after a great second half in game one. Just in general, forgetting Kyrie for the second, I think you always have to ask yourself, and I don't know what he'd get, let's say he'd make 40 million. Are you better getting one $40 million player or are you better getting, you know, not as good as, as the $40 million, but having two really good $20 million players? I, I think you have to think about how you want to surround Simmons and Durant because those two are there. And, you, you know, you're going to have to build around those two. Let's go back a week or so ago. It felt like the Nets, you know, they're saying, hey, Ben's – you know, he's been uh, pain-free. He's been working out. Like, why Why are they setting him up to be the fall guy from the standpoint of, oh, wait, he's not playing again? Why Why not just say, we believe he's out. We, we're not expecting him to play in this series. Instead of, hey, this could, maybe tonight. Like, I, I just don't understand the philosophy, unless they're trying to kind of push him into, come on, let's go, let's play, let's let's suck it up here. Well, Dan, I think at least what I've read, those are the sources saying that he's, you know, on track to play in game four. When we've talked to Steve Nash prior to the games that we've done, he's always said, you know, I think it's too early to say. And so the reports that were coming out of whatever camp never matched up with what Steve Nash was saying to us, which was, hold on, he hasn't even practiced yet. And and again. I have no idea what's going on. People who, I think it's hard to make these hard and fast pronouncements that he's either letting his team down or he's injured. Like none of us really know if he's truly injured, if it's a mental health situation, or he could play, he's just not comfortable to play. And so um, I find it a really odd situation. And I certainly, uh, am going to remain judgment-free on him and, and what he stands for. Yeah, it just feels like, and all Steve Nash has to say is, look, he's not playing. That's it. And that if he does come back, then we would have said, oh, wow, okay, you know, hey, he's progressing farther along. Like Zion Williamson. Why is Zion not playing? I mean, he, can, can, can he play 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 12 minutes? Why, why, why would you not put him back in, or why is he not being put back in? Well, that's an interesting uh, question right there. If he's, 
I think right now, I mean, I think New Orleans is going to win that series. Once Booker went out, and let's say he can't come back, I, I think they have, even though they were 10 games under 500 during the regular season and Phoenix was 64 and 18, I think offensive talent wise, New Orleans has the better team with the addition of McCollum and Valanchunas uh, in the offseason. But if you throw in Zion uh, for 15 minutes a game off the bench, I mean, then I think they become the prohibitive favorite over these last three games. So I've got to believe that, you know, Williamson just isn't healthy enough to play because why wouldn't you want to play if you were healthy enough in the playoffs? But I also look back to Michael Jordan's second year in the league. He breaks his foot. If we fast forward to now, Michael Jordan doesn't play in the playoffs probably. I mean, and really that was his coming out party when he faced the Celtics in the garden and had that dominating series and they lost. But now it's about caution, load management, all of that. So I, I'm just curious. And it's not, hey, the guys in my day era were tougher. It's just the philosophy, I think, is different than it used to be. Oh, it's absolutely different. But it's not just different in the playoffs, Dan. You know that. It's it's different uh, in in how you work in the summer. Sometimes I think we take more pride in how we work out in the summer than how we play in the winter. Um, I always hear about guys having great summers. I used to make uh, – we used to make light of one guy when in, in – uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, that we competed against, all they ever would say about him was, what a great summer we this guy had. <laughs> he used to always say, well, how about having a great April and May for one? <laughs> so, you know, I, I just think there's a lot different. Uh, caution is, uh, is a word that, you know, is, you know, very in vogue. And I think the one thing that used to be asked um, was, well, if this was a playoff game, could he go? Yeah. That's, that's out now, too. Like, it's just different. It's not different, bad, or good. The league looks at playing through things much differently than 15, 20 years ago. That may be good or that may be bad. It depends on your perspective. Talking to Jeff Van Gundy, the analyst for ESPN and ABC. I brought this up with uh... – Commissioner Silver a couple of weeks ago, where I said, how about you just say you got to play in a certain number of games or a certain number of minutes to qualify for first team, second team, third team, all NBA, all your postseason awards, you have to check in at a certain level. Therefore, you know, you're going to get those players because of all the bonuses that are attached to first, second, third team or winning the uh, MVP or defensive player of the year, all of those things. What do you think of that idea? Love the idea. Unfortunately, because like you just said, bonuses are tied to it all. You'd have to work that out with the Players Association, and they're never going to give on that. Um, uh, but I do think going forward in the next collective bargaining, you have to I, – I know it sounds strange because you don't give incentives in other professions to show up at work. <laughs> like, hey, today if you show up at work, we're going to give you – you know, the chance to be all first team fire department. But in this situation, the way the trends are heading, and I think in a negative way, as far as for fans, 
they really don't know oftentimes going to a game, buying tickets for a game, tuning into a game, who's going to play. So I think to give extra incentive to either games played, minutes played for all the awards, I think is an outstanding idea that I think uh, the commissioner should think very uh, long about trying to include in the next collective bargaining agreement. I think you should be able to buy star insurance. So you play an overage on your ticket, and let's say you're showing up to see Steph Curry, and he doesn't play, then you get your money back. Or Luca, you're showing up to see Luca, and you know, you've got that, in, that star insurance. What do you think? I like it. I, I think it's also unfortunate that we're having that conversation, <laughs> you know, but I, I, listen, I do think we have to protect the customer and the consumer. Um, right now we're on this high that, you know, um, people are watching, they're excited about NBA basketball, but we can never take for granted the fans and that they drive the freight. And I, I don't think Adam Silver takes them for granted. Uh, I hope we as uh, teams and as a league don't take them for granted because once you're not giving them the product they think is warranted for the price, you know, obviously they're going to they're gonna spend their money elsewhere. So I think we have to have, I don't know if it's insurance. And I think, Dan, I don't know about you, but I think fans understand the difference between legit injury and just taking a night off um, when they choose to take a night off. Yeah, but we can't ask that question, Jeff. We're not allowed to ask Ben Simmons, hey, why aren't no, you playing? Like, no, so you're not. Unfortunately, because now even – and it used – hey, listen, the media is a lot different too, Dan. Um, you used to be held account after every game. You didn't get a, ch a choice – you know, they, uh, the reporters were allowed into the locker room and you could run away, but it was it was harder back back then to run away. Now, with the Zooms, teams don't make people available. They don't have to answer for either their play oftentimes. Uh, and that's why I admire the players that win or loss, good game or bad game. They stand before the media and. They're not just there when they're giving them praise. They're there when they're taking on hard questions. And I, that's why I admired what Durant did. It had to be hard, you know, after game three uh, to be disappointed in the result in your own play. But to stand there and take it, that's what part of your pay is for, your responsibility is for. Um, but now it's harder. And, and frankly, a lot of the questions are more softballish because they are relying on players and the players' agents for leaks and sources off the record. So a lot has changed in the climate of how the game is covered, too. Is James Harden getting old right before our very eyes? Well, I think he certainly hasn't played to the MVP level that we're accustomed to. Uh, and that was at in, in Brooklyn and in Philly. But I would not underestimate his greatness. Um, I think I always thought the dynamic between he and Embiid were, was going to be a challenge because Harden has a style that's very unique in how he dominates the ball. And Embiid, when 
they play through him, whether it's in the high post, the elbow, or the low post, is absolutely dominant. So it's it's a hard dance to master. Actually, I think they played together uh, exceptionally well. I, I think yeah. they fit together better than I thought. I just don't think Harden has been as efficient from a shooting standpoint as they need him to be if they're going to win it all. I'll leave you with this. Bigger disappointment this season, the Lakers or the Nets? Well, I think it all is where you're, you start with your expectations. I, I never thought the Lakers were good. Like, I didn't understand the hype for their team. Um, you know, they, were, they have an often injured team. They took away and stripped down all depth. And I think depth is incredibly important in today's NBA because of games missed and people don't play big minutes. So my expectations for the Lakers, uh, I can't say I didn't think they'd make the play in. I thought they would be, you know, an 8, 9, 10 type of team. Um, but I'm not disappointed. I thought their roster um, was not very good. The Nets, on the other hand, I thought going into the year before you knew about uh, Irving's uh, vaccination status and the, the inability to play Harden's, I didn't know he was going to be discontent. And and all of that being said, January, I think it was 23rd, the Nets were in first place in the Eastern Conference at 29 and 16. And then Durant's injury wiped them out. So you you took, you know, Irving's vaccination status, Harden's discontent, which led to Simmons not being able to play, Joe Harris being out all year, then Durant. They just got hit with a tidal wave of roster issues that truly could not be overcome. And I think Boston is the best team in the NBA. I think they will win it if they can stay healthy. Wow. Uh, I think they're that good uh, defensively and roster construction-wise. Um, and so I think they got a horrible first-round opponent uh, as well. So everything that could go wrong so far for the Nets has gone wrong. What's the coolest thing in your office? Um, let me look here. Um, my Mount Kilimanjaro picture, Dan. I, I, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro about eight years ago. And when I say I whimpered to the finish line, uh, <laughs> I basically had to be dragged to the finish line because we made a midnight walk uh, up with was the last day on like two hours sleep. And uh, the guys <laughs> who were our guides, they basically told the friend I did it with, you got to go up and see your guy. He's having a mental breakdown because at like 4 a.m. in the cold of Mount Kilimanjaro, I was ready to break. Did you cry? It, it, I didn't, but literally, <laughs> if it had been five more steps, I might have. And then the climb down was actually harder than the climb up, and they were just dragging me down. I mean, they were just like, this dude is weak-minded, and I was. So, yeah. you so know, the, that I made it I, all the way to the top. Just, you know, I, I worked for this guy, Dan, like long ago named Gordon Chiesa. He was a longtime assistant with the Utah Jazz. But I worked with him at Providence College, and he used to always tell players, despite yourself, you're going to be great. Like, because, and that was me on that climb. Despite myself, I made it to the top. I never understood why we don't celebrate the Sherpas more 
you know, Sir Edmund Hillary, I don't give a damn about you. It's the Sherpa who was carrying all your gear. Listen, I could have paid, I think it was like a hundred more bucks for them. Not so I didn't have to carry the 50 pound backpack that I was carrying. I'm like, I waste money all the time. I didn't spend it on that. All right. Cause I was trying to be tough. That was stupid. But what used to kill me is we would get up in the morning. I think we're flying up on this hike and these dudes are breaking down the camp and they're like sprinting by us and they're, they finished the next day's camp. They had to be there two hours early. They're cooking. I'm like, how do they do? These people are superhuman. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations on not crying. I want to say this because my friend is probably, if he, he listens to you every day, he's, he's out there listening, Chris Lohman. And he's saying, yeah, but he almost did. I almost had him broken. <laughs> yeah. Barely. You are a warrior. Hashtag warrior. <laughs> Hashtag weak-minded. Thank you, Jeff. Safe travels, and uh, we appreciate your time. All right. Take care, Dan. That's Jeff Van Gundy of the Mothership. Yeah. These Sherpas, man. Th those are the stars. Oh, and let's celebrate Sir Edmund Hillary, the first man to, and I'm like, the Sherpa. Sherpa did all the damn work. All Sir Edmund Hillary did is comb his hair when he got to the top and said, <laughs> all right, how do I look for my photo opportunity? Yeah, see. Yeah. I paid for this trip. See? <laughs> is there any group of people that are like at a job or a position more underappreciated than the Sherpa? Yeah. More under-recognized. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. By the way, best show on TV, new season just started. You guys want to take a guess? You shouldn't have to guess. You should know. Yes, Paulie? Years ago, you would have said Bosch. That was Bosch. That, you, I loved Bosch. I loved Bosch. But Bosch wasn't the best show on TV. Seton? Uh, what's the one, uh, the flight attendant that's season two is back that's, on. I love that yeah. with, uh, Rosie Perez and Kaylee Cuoco, Barry, Bill Hader, Ooh. season three, Fritzy, is Bill Hader going to join us? He is joining us sometime this week for sure. Oh, that'd be nice. Peter King joins us right now. Football morning in America columnist, NBC sports.com best show on TV to you. Peter is what? Uh, Great British Baking Show. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I like the Great British Baking Show. It's a great show. Been, yeah, out, been on a long time. Yeah. And uh, look, we, we're, we're, uh, we're not – I've missed so many of these shows. It's almost intimidating when you start to – when somebody says, hey, have you seen this, this, and this? I haven't even seen Breaking Bad yet. Ooh. I mean, I, I got a long way to go. I'm stuck on The Sopranos. Yeah, you, and then if you do Breaking Bad, you got to do Better Call Saul. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that's the prequel to that. Yeah, you got a lot. Well, you're always working, Pete. You're always on uh, 
on the uh, the football. I'm not panel. really. I'm not really, Dan. Life is a little bit slowed down now. Around draft time, life stinks because you just get competitive and you want to get as many of these right as you can, and it's eminently frustrating. But anyway, I got a big big sigh of relief today because there's nothing else I can do right now. Okay, if I said. I'm going to give you a crystal ball, and you could find out what this one team would be doing for the draft, the entire draft. What team would that be that you would want to know? Uh, you know, it's a weird team. because I'd really want to know the Pittsburgh Steelers okay. because I have a feeling at 20 they're going to go quarterback. I said Kenny Pickett. Won't shock me at all if they go Malik Willis. Um, but – Pittsburgh is such an interesting team because they are they take great pride in hiding everything that they do. And I applaud them for that. The, you know, secrets really don't get out of that building. I'd probably be most curious about what the Steelers are going to do at 20. I know that you hinted at maybe a surprise at the top of the draft. I saw where the, the yeah. new betting favorite, according to Las Vegas, is uh, Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. It's, is that a surprise to you? Well, I've been hearing it for a couple of weeks now, so I wouldn't say it's that big of a surprise. I don't know if it's going to happen, Dan, but I think that, you know, the guy who's got the most power in that building, honestly, is Trent Baalke. Um, He always has been a tools guy with, you know, at the top of the draft. You saw what, what he did, and it's – Alden Smith is used as the great comparison because he picked Alden Smith over J.J. Watt. If Alden Smith didn't have all the problems that he had in his personal life, he could have been, he could have had the impact long-term that J.J. Watt has had. Could he have won three DPOYs? Probably not, but he could have been a great player. And so I think, and I think there is something to it. Some of the plays you've seen, Trayvon Walker make on tape are incredible, but you know, he has not made nearly the number of plays that Aiden Hutchinson has made in his college career. And that is what is really kind of a different deal right now. And I had a a source tell me that Hutchinson is the safer pick. Walker has the higher ceiling here. Yeah. And and I wonder about that. um, You know, with Chris Long, well, Chris Long was the second pick overall out of Virginia, and wasn't he considered a safe pick for the Rams? That is, I think that's a really good comparison because he basically was the guy who, uh, you know, who, who everybody thought was the safest pick. Now, Aiden Hutchinson, you might call him a safe pick, but, man, he had he's made some explosive plays in college too. I – I personally think that Aiden Hutchinson will have the longer and better career. But, Dan, if you ask me what, what player in this draft five years from now we're going to look back and say, well, that is the best player out of this, I'd say it's Derek Stingley. And Derek Stingley could last past 10. Yeah. I loved him his freshman year. In fact, yeah. I, I talked to Ed Orgeron, and I said, I could see him winning the Heisman having him be a two-way player. I, I was that impressed yeah. with him the freshman, you know, his freshman year. Um, and it was a while ago uh, that I had a source say, Sauce Gardner is a top-five pick. And I thought, okay, 
and then you started to watch Cincinnati, and then all of a sudden it feels like Sauce Gardner could be a top 10, maybe a top five pick. So you like Stingley over uh, Gardner? Well, I, it, I, I like him over the long term better, but I think that Sauce Gardner going before him is probably going to happen, and it's justified. Sauce Gardner basically has played 1,100 snaps of pass coverage in his college career and in single coverage did not allow one touchdown. And how do you not want to pick him? I mean, obviously it gets tougher at the next level, but to me, I think what he is right now is he's more of a sure thing. And uh, somebody described uh, to me over the weekend, uh, somebody described uh, Stingley as uh, Darrell Revis. And, and I think the one thing about Stingley that people say is that he is a very confident player and that confidence is justified by how he plays. And one other thing, Dan, he practiced probably 75 to 100 times uh, day to day covering Jamar Chase yeah. in 2019. And, you know, like, that's as tough as it gets. And so I, I think he's trained well. He had a foot injury, obviously, last year, and that's better. I, I think I think, I think think Stingley is going to be a real good pro. We're talking to Peter King, Football Morning in America. I know you're uh, joining us from Berkeley, California. How big of a story is Debo Samuel? I mean, it's a huge story, especially if he sticks to his guns. Uh, and he says he wants out and he's not going to back down. As you know, Dan, about 25%, if that, of guys who ever say, uh, I want out, I'm not playing here ever again, uh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, guys say that all the time. And then five months later, they're back in camp or they're back playing for the team they said they'd never play with again. So I don't, I don't mean that I think – Debo Samuel is lying or anything like that. I just think that opinions change, opinions become less hardened over time. Um, and whether the 49ers are going to do something, I'd be really surprised if they did something by the draft this week. Uh, but we'll see. Why does he want out? <clears throat> I don't know the answer to that. And I think that people, <clears throat> excuse me, people who know him, say that he's a little bit more of a homebody and that this very well could be about the fact that he just wants to be closer to South Carolina, you know, where he's, you know, the Carolinas where he's from. But uh, I, I don't, I don't know how hardened he is in his position. Um, And it just, it seems a little odd too, because a year ago, you know, Mike McDaniel, then the offensive coordinator said, if you do everything I tell you, you're going to be first team all pro. And he did everything that McDaniel told him to do. And he was first team all pro. And I, I personally wonder about the absence of the guy who even he said, Debo said, is his favorite coach that he's ever had. So, you know, we'll see if that plays into it. Baker Mayfield more likely to get traded during the draft or after the draft? I think after. 
I, it, it wouldn't make any sense to me. First of all, I don't know what you, what you really get for Baker Mayfield. I keep wondering, could this be a Brock Osweiler kind of trade? It's a weird, it's a weird situation that they're in. Everybody knows that he can't go back there, but you don't want to make him just a free agent. As Jeff Darlington said last week, Mike Florio has been talking about it for weeks that the Pittsburgh Steelers would just go ahead and sign him. How weird would it be <laughs> if the Steelers take Pickett or Willis at number 20 and, and they've got Mitchell Trubisky on their team and two weeks later sign Baker Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns paying, their sal- paying his salary. That, that's why I don't think the Browns are going to release him. Uh, because they want to have some control over where he goes. Yeah, I wonder what he's worth, and then is Cleveland going to have to pick up the tab with his salary? Uh, do you yes. think does it? They're f- going to have to pick up most, if not all, um, because they're the ones who said we're going to pick up the option. There's not a lot of teams that have the cap space to do it now, anyway. I just don't see any way right now that uh, that they can get away with making a deal for him without picking up most of the of the salary. How difficult is it to try to do a mock draft and factor in the draft history of certain teams? Certain teams are really good at drafting and certain teams are not. Here's the thing, Dan. The thing I thought was hardest about this year, I wish I had written about it because I thought about it a few times. Look at all of the people near the top of the draft who have no draft history or very little, you know, <clears throat> Trent Balky has some, which, which is helpful. Brad Holmes in Detroit at number two, Dan Campbell, they have virtually no draft history. Um, Nick Casario, he's got three and 13, virtually no draft history. Joe Douglas at four and 10, a little draft history. Joe Shane, five and seven, no draft history whatsoever. I mean, so that's one of the things you can't say, well, you know, three years ago, this GM did this and this. There are so many new and neophyte general managers who are in control of this draft. That's one of the reasons why it's so hard to figure it out. Pete, always great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us and uh, safe travels. Hey, appreciate it, Dan. Thank you. That's Peter King, Football Morning in America. And uh, you can get it every Monday morning, NBCSports.com. Yeah, I would think uh, Debo Samuel, if he's going to be traded, he'd be traded prior to the draft. And, you know, maybe after day two of the draft, some team goes, hey, we're going to give a fourth-round pick, Baker Mayfield. I don't know. It it feels like there's going to be a curveball somewhere. There always is. There's always a team where you go, what are they thinking? And it's somebody going up. Uh, somebody reaches for somebody. There's always going to be that team that takes a player. Because if you go back and look at these drafts, whenever you see a mock draft, you go, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> they don't always make sense. But in the, in the moment, you go, okay, I can, all right, I can see that. You get talked into it. And it's just that's not reality. If you get seven correct in the first round you're probably doing pretty well because all it takes is one team does something that changes everything when you're trying to do a mock draft so i don't look at mock drafts other than let me see who's held in high regard and also 
introduce me to some of these players that maybe I didn't follow that much in college. That's what I look at with the mock drafts. I don't go, boy, this is what they're going to do. Wait, you guys missed that. You're wrong. It's really difficult to handicap this because these teams don't tell you the truth. Now you're going to rely on sources close to sources. Somebody saying, I'm thinking. Yeah, Paul. And if you go back, here's, here's one that was a curveball. The 2019 draft, I think the New York Giants had the sixth pick and they had, oh man, maybe like the 20th pick. Yeah. And everyone thought with the 20th pick, maybe they'll take Daniel Jones out of Duke. They liked him. They liked him. And all the mock drafts I'm looking at right up to the draft said, had maybe Daniel Jones going later in the first round to the Giants or another team. And then with the sixth pick, they take him. At way earlier than we expected, which threw off the whole draft after that. Well, it was, you know, the Bears trading up to get Mitchell Trubisky. Because you're going, wait a minute. What is going on here? Mitchell Trubisky, wait, you're trading to get up to get him? You don't, you don't have to trade up to get him. <laughs> you you could have had him. That, one, that was the one where I went, I, I should have watched more ACC football. <laughs> and then Daniel Jones, I'm like, man, I got to start watching AC, ACC football. So I watched Sam Howell this year. I'm ready, ACC football. And I still think the value that you could get with Matt Corral or Sam Howell is going to be the same as you could get for Kenny Pickett. I really feel that. But all it takes is one person. It's all you got to do. Just go... Wait, what are you, what are you guys doing? Uh, Barry in Santa Fe. Hi, Barry. Thanks for holding. Best and worst. Good morning, fellas, and good morning, chat row. Uh, best of the weekend. My new York Mets winning five consecutive series. The pitching is awesome. We're getting two out RBIs. All of this without Jacob Degrom. Worst of the weekend. If I hear 27 rings one more time from those dopey Yankee fans, <laughs> classless louts who have uh, disgraced the great name of New York City, uh, enough of them. Thank you, Barry. Thank you. Jack in Dallas. Hi, Jack. What's on your mind today? First time in a long time, 59175. Um, I want to get your take on if you believe that Steve Nash is on the hot seat um, potentially next year if they don't get past the first round. And I want to, I want to see if I can make a guess of what golf course you're at. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Uh, the Vintage Club. No. Ah. No. It's uh, the Madison Club is the uh, name of the place. It's right across the street from Coachella. So you could... Play 18 and then walk over and see Harry Styles with Lizzo. I, you know, my wife and I went, we drove by and it's like a, a two hour queue to get in. And I, I just, I don't, I wouldn't have the energy to do it. As much as I'd love to go see some of the bands, I just don't have the energy to get in to see the bands. Yeah, more. Festivals sound terrible, yeah, by the way. It's like just being outside and then you're just waiting and it's hot and. Oh, when's Lizzo going to come out? <laughs> but I, my daughter said that Coachella was so stressful. And I said, why? She goes, <laughs> all the outfit changes that I had. And I go, what? What? <laughs> the outfit changes? Yes, can I wear this crown of daisies with this <laughs> outfit? I just don't know. It's hard, okay? 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 